This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, welcome to Guitar Talk, everybody. This is Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Man, we're in the month of June. It is June 2021 already. You know, and it feels like, you know, things are starting to head back into a a direction that we all feel a little bit comfortable with, I would hope. And what I mean by that is is that there's live music really starting to take place all over the place. So that's a really good thing, a cool thing for not just me and you, but for all the people in the industry that have um, been, been hurting. And so, uh, man, I'm excited for it. And just just to let you know, I personally have a show coming up June 26 at the Casaloma Ballroom in St. Louis, Missouri. That's right, Saturday, June 26th at the Casaloma Ballroom. I'll be doing a show with uh, the number one Tom Petty tribute band uh, from Boston called The Breakers. So it's going to be a night of Tom Petty and... A night of Jimmy Warren, so it's going to be a crazy night of total guitar madness for a while. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I hope you got the new newsletter today uh, for Guitar Talk. It came out, you know. Uh, if you're not subscribed, go to guitartalkofficial.com. Once a month, I send out a, a newsletter. It just lets everybody know what's going on on the podcast, uh, what's going on on Guitar Talk TV, and what my shows are on the Mountain City Rock Radio program that I do on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern at mountaincityrock.com. Because it's all a little bit different, you know? And there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, my God, this month we're focused on female guitar players. And, uh, man, we got one of the best today on the show, of course, right? It's Guitar Talk, man. We're here to talk guitar. But before we get into that, I want to let people know that uh, this month on the 14th, we're doing uh, the very first ever um, online uh, guitar clinic. That's right. We got a Zoom guitar clinic that we're going to do Monday, June 14th. You have to sign up at guitartalkofficial.com. Um, there are only eight seats available, and it's going to be a really cool event because it is a uh, a clinic with me and guitarist Harry Mura. Now, Harry uh, did the first three soundtracks in video games for the game Halo. He's toured with James Cotton and Sugar Blue. He's, you know, he stood on the stage at Montreal Jazz Fest and the Madrid Jazz Fest. He's toured the world with a lot of national acts, and he is an amazing player. And so we're talking about structuring, crafting, creating, and building solos from an improv standpoint. So it's going to be really, really cool if you want to step up your game and get some good insight from an amazing player like Harry. Well, this is a good opportunity to do that. So that's going to be the 14th. On July 12th, 
Uh, we have the registration available to do another clinic on Zoom. That one's just going to be with me. Don't sound disappointed, but it's just going to be with me. It's going to be really cool. We're going to be talking about stacking delays. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Once again, only eight seats available. You got to register to get on there. First eight people, guess what? Bam, you're it. It's going to be a blast. We're going to do one um, every um, every second Monday of uh, each month. Uh, through the rest of this year, see how that kind of plays out in that. But I'm going to bring on some guests. I got some people, you know, uh, in store for you down the road that you're going to want to also do this with. So we're going to cover a lot of different topics. We're just going to, you know, have some, I don't know, some down-to-earth roundtable type discussions about, you know, guitar stuff that we all, you know, want information on, that we want to know more, that we want to, you know, learn more you know, and so it's going to be really cool. You know, it's kind of like Ask a Pro. That would be Harry. So uh, today's show, oh, my God. Did I tell you today's show is going to be amazing? It really is. It's going to be flat out friggin' amazing because I've got Samantha Fish. Yeah, Samantha Fish is joining us today. Now, if you haven't seen T- Samantha play, you know, man, dude, do that. <laughs> you gotta you gotta check her out oh my lord she's amazing you know uh you know she's a blues lady and she rocks it too you know i know she's been on tour doing some shows with tab uh benoit and uh that but man when she picks up that sg or one of them cigar box guitars and goes at it with the slide it's over I mean, it's over. It really is. She's really, really good. So Samantha's going to join us, and, uh, man, we're going to have a conversation about all things important to Samantha. So (laughs) it's going to be a blast, man. So, you know, strap yourself in, kiddos, because we're about to go at it right here on Guitar Talk. This is Samantha Fish. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Real good. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Sorry, it took me a couple seconds to find the link for today. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. It was a right. lot of friends, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you're busy. You know, you guys are getting ready to actually be able to tour a little bit. Yeah, it's. I'm excited. It's. Um, it's. It's been a year. <laughs> that's hard to. Yeah. It's weird to say. I mean, we've been. Um, we've been doing a handful of shows here and there, um, but. But by and large, it's, it's, you know, been off for a year, like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So what have you done for the year? Have you, uh, have you, have you recorded some new material or have you practiced so much that now when people see you, they're going to flip out because you're so friggin' amazing or. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. So I'll address that on two separate, uh, two separate fronts, but like, as far as how I've been keeping myself busy, um, I've been writing a lot. I wrote, I started writing, um, like immediately. This is the only time I've ever been able to like take a concentrated amount of time and just focus on that. Usually, you know, every album I've ever done, it's like writing between shows in a hotel room or, you know, trying to make something work here and there. And, and so there's a little extra element of stress. So it was kind of nice to be able to approach an album differently, you know, looking at the silver linings of the situation, but um, yeah, I mean, I wrote and I recorded an album, so that was productive and good and something I'm very proud of and excited for. As far as practice goes, I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. 
we spend so much of our time on stage and touring. I, you know, and, and just that concentrated playing every night. Um, I don't know the, the practice regimen I'd have to keep up with at home. You know, it, I just, I, I didn't come anywhere close to it. <laughs> so it's been kind of good to play in a trio because it's just been like, man, working me out. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you're fronting a trio, you have to, you have to be on top of your game because flaws show pretty easily. Yeah, those first couple rehearsals, I mean, I've been doing my best to keep up with practicing, but still, you know, it's just nothing really comes close to that time on stage. Um, yeah, I mean, I I did my best to prepare for it, but you know, it, it, it all comes, it came back, but the first couple days I was, I was in pain. My calluses <laughs> were not quite where I wanted them to be. Yeah, well, after you've been doing it 40 years, they'll be so hard, they won't ever, you know what I mean? It won't go, I should say that, you know, that's, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe how like how how they you know weren't as tough as they were. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. Yeah, you just play through it. You know what I used to do? Super glue. Yeah. I just super glue, and then as it peels off after the set, just super glue it up again. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I, play through the pain. I always have a splits. Like that's why I never get my nails done because I've made that mistake twice in my yeah. career getting a gel just manicure over the top, but it hardens this layer of your, your fingernail and it makes it so that it's not flexible. When you push on a string, you get the separation between your fingernail bed and your, your finger and it just, God, it hurts so, so bad. So no, no cool nails for me. So, so when you're playing, you know, when you're doing a show in that, do you, as a guitar player, let's talk about you as a guitar player for a minute. As okay. a guitar player, do you experiment while on stage or do you have your safe zone? Like we know what we can do and what we can't do, but sometimes, you know what I mean? We yeah. like to experiment a little bit and some people don't like to do that on stage because they don't want to make mistakes. Oh, I make mistakes all the time on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm like on the script. Um, I, I think it kind of depends on the day. Um, sometimes you just feel it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you just feel like I can pull the, your hands just feel so good that you feel like you can pull off things that you've never done before. Or you just, you get ideas and you want to try them. I mean, it just depends on the day and the mood. I mean, of course there's shows where I, I'm probably not um, as improvisational as I, I'd, I'd love to be, but you know, then there's some days it just comes and, and you're creative and off the cuff. And I mean, that's that's really fun to play like that. What sucks is not being able to remember the cool stuff you did to like recreate it later. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, it's kind of, it just sort of depends on on where you're at in the day. And I mean, I always try and, and, and gear myself up to be in that head space for the show. I've got some rituals that I do before every gig just to kind of get myself in the mindset to, to play. Um, but you know, it, it does, it just varies. Also the crowd has a little bit to do with it. You know, if you got like really, really raucous crowd sometimes it, it makes i don't know taking chances a little bit easier yeah do you ever find yourself getting so wrapped up in the music and in the band that you almost forget that there's even an audience yeah of course yeah of course unless unless like i said they're so raucous they make it so you can't forget that they're there but um i mean yeah i mean when you're when you're playing with a band and and feels like really right yeah sometimes you just 
you don't really think about anything other than the music that you're making and, and that's cool you know yeah. now were there a couple of things that you can re recall that when you were in the formative days of your playing in the very beginning in that that were influential in helping you become the artist and the player that you are today like um artists or, or... Well, as, as a guitar player were there some things you did in the beginning in the formative days yeah. formative years that helped you like you know was there was there something somebody told you was there a routine you did was there was there some yeah. sort of yeah i mean I think the thing that was, I mean, you get, I, I really started playing guitar, like lead guitar. And I would just like put on a, a DVD or something of, you know, like I loved ACDC's Live at Donington and I'd like to try and figure out what Angus Young was doing. Um, but I didn't know, you know, how to do what he was doing. So, you know, I, I like watching players and then I get like a little tip, like, hey, check out pentatonic scales. And, and that kind of blows your mind and, and you're like, wow, everything locks together and, <laughs> and that's how they're doing that. And then you can kind of just these little things that kind of open the door a little bit more to see inside. Like, you know, like I, I learned some some things. I, I think anything that helped me figure out how to lock the this part of the neck into this part of the neck, just connecting everything and keeping it fluid. I, I think um, once I learned that it doesn't have to be you know, just this, this box right here, you know, I'm playing in this, this one box, but I can move it up here. I mean, I, I just, I had a bunch of different exercises, just repetitive kind of, you know, things to keep my fingers, uh, you know, get that muscle memory going really fast and figure out how to play. Um, you know, I, I'd just say a lot of scales, just drilling that in, you know, knowing, knowing where the right notes are and then knowing how to make the wrong notes sound right by bending them. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I had some little practice warm-up scales, but I, I think I think that helped me. Yeah. So did you learn all that uh, completely on your own, or did you go to any kind of music school? No, no. I kind of I, I got I got tips from other guitar players who'd be like, "Hey, check this out," and then I'd go check it out and kind of like absorb as much as I could from it. Yeah. Um, my dad played guitar, so. When I was 15 and just picking it up, he showed me he showed me the uh, the blues scales, and he also showed me you know the chords like you know G and A and C and all this stuff at the bottom of the neck, and then kind of turned me loose. Um, it wasn't until later that I figured out like G and A and C, you could find them all the way up the neck in all these different shapes, and um, you know really everything is accessible in any point on the neck. Um, but it, I, I just kind of got tips from people here and there and got pointed in the right direction and and went and figured it out yeah well and evidently you got blessed with the you know the the natural ability you know to be able to to pull it off because i i think some of the best players some of the best entertainers you know sometimes turn out to be people that aren't classically trained you know and, and figured it out themselves but are really emotionally you know involved in what they're doing and that's definitely you because when you okay. watch you perform, you can tell you're emotionally involved in, in what you're doing. I, I, you know, it's been a challenge over the years just trying to get that technique right because of course we all have little things that we do that get in our way. You know, maybe it feels more comfortable to hold your hands a certain way, but it's actually hindering you from, you know, achieving what you're trying to. I've, I've got little issues here and there, but I, 
I think some of the best tips I ever got from, you know, like I, I've had some great guitar players double as producers for me. Mike Zito being one of them, he gave me some great information when I was, you know, making albums with him and when I was young and Luther Dickinson too. Um, you know, Luther kind of imparted into me like melodic is the best way to play. Even if it's just a simple melody, a repeating phrase, people want to be able to, they can, if they can sing the line, that's so much more memorable than, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know, just, I think figuring out how to build a dynamic solo, that, that was really important. And yeah, just playing with emotion, because that's, that's what gives you a voice that's different and unique. Technique is incredible. If you can pull off all that stuff, you know, more power to you. But I, I think that emotion and um, that kind of passion is what gives you your, your own voice. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that advice that you got from Luther is, is brilliant because yeah. it's, it's one of the things, you know, if you go back and people refer to Jimi Hendrix as like one of the greatest guitar players ever, and they'll refer to him as that, and then you watch them play, you know, the people that are saying that, and typically they're trying to play as fast as they can or as much as they can. Yeah. But if you go back and you really look at Jimi Hendrix, he never played fast. Everything was kind of melodic in the sense that, you know, it was it was short phrases. It was uh, it was it was set up to be really cool as opposed to I'm just doing a solo and just going crazy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I think Luther was like, <laughs> I think I must have been doing something wrong. I, I think I was I was cutting a solo for something and he ran into the room and he was like, hey, <laughs> that's when he told me that I was like, I probably was trying to do too much and it just sounded like garbage, you know, but um. Yeah, those just, and also taking breaths between playing. It's like learning that was something that kind of blew my mind. Cause I, I think, you know, especially early on, I never thought about like not playing the guitar <laughs> in the middle of a solo. You know, you don't think about stuff like that, but it can actually be really effective. Um, and especially in blues, like so one of the best people at that is Buddy Guy, you know? Giving giving like a pause and a breath and BB King, another like incredible, guitar player just putting these pauses and breaths into it it just it makes it a, a like a voice yeah yeah I was once told by Frank Marino that uh he used to play you know like everybody else as crazy as you're, you're talking about but then yeah. he learned to play like he was breathing like you just said so like if he was like taking a breath he would play and as he was exhaling he would you know uh not play at all even it's though, the hardest thing to do for yeah, some reason exactly. that was one of the hardest things to do for me was just like hey even take your hands off the guitar for a second then put them back you know just give it a second to to live you know yeah. without a bunch of notes yeah you know what and if we're honest you know some like you just mentioned buddy guy and bb king some of the greatest players that have ever been that's what draws me to eric clapton for instance yeah is his ability to be subtle and tasteful in his phrasing as opposed because he's not you know, I wouldn't say he's technically an amazing guitar player. You know, that's that's not him. But he, you know, he has a way of communicating with the guitar that draws yeah. you in. Yeah. yeah. I, I think some of the best guitar players are, again, just the most emotional, vocal, you know, have a personality with what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm always looking for personality in guitar players. It's like, what you know. Derek Trucks, for instance, he's 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 an exceptional guitar player. Like he has he has the technical capabilities, but when you hear him 
he's got such a voice that I, I could be listening to the radio and I'll know exactly when he's on just, just by the way he plays, you know, he has such a unique, unique voice. And those are my favorite guitar players. You know, the ones that, that you can just pick out of a lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask who was the one that turned you on to, or introduced you to playing a cigar box? Oh God, who did? <laughs> who did? It, it was kind of a, a bunch of different bands. Um, when I was 17, I went to this festival. My dad took me and my sister to this festival, my first ever blues festival in Helena, Arkansas. It's called the King Biscuit Blues Fest. And they had this main stage. Then off the main stage was like the cool hang where they had all the cool vendors and they had these bands set up on the midway, like different street bands performing. And I kept seeing all these people playing these guitars. Um, Richard Johnston was probably, he's he's in memphis now but he was a street performer and god he just made this thing sound like a chainsaw and it kind of i just remember that moment being really special for me because it was my first experience ever really going out and getting this live music festival atmosphere and then seeing him play and he had a crowd around him the entire time and he made that thing sound so cool um years later i got invited to play the festival and they were selling them on the street so i just kind of for nostalgia's sake picked it up and I, the day we, I plugged it in on stage is like, it's been a request ever since. So, yeah. um, it, it, and they're really cool. Like they're all so unique. Um, the one that I have that I play live is, I mean, it's, it's got that chainsaw sound. It's so small, but it's really mighty and it's just cool. Um, but they're all really unique, you know, that like you can make them what, however you want. It's, it's pretty right. cool. Right. And so what, what turns you on also, you know, because it's, un, it's unusual. There's not a lot of guys, I mean, in mainstream that are playing cigar boxes. You know, there's only yeah. a handful of people that are really doing it. But at the same time, there's really not a lot of people uh, that are really good at playing slide guitar as well. And so what was the, the thing leading up to saying, okay, now I'm going to pick up slide? Um slide is something i've always wanted to be good at um and it just was one of the hardest things it, it just it's one of the hardest things I, I think because i when i when i first picked up slide i was really like squeezing the neck really really hard i was like every time i play it was so aggressive i was almost like fighting my guitar and then and then you put on a slide and you cannot have that aggressive kind of approach when you're playing slide you got to go slow you know, it's melodic. It's about building this intensity and this, uh, you know, a solo and, and you have to have a finesse. And I was clinking all the frets and just so frustrated. And it just sounded like, um, but you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just something I wanted to be good at because I, I, I loved the sound of it. I think one of my favorite instruments that I'll never be able to play is the pedal steel because <laughs> it's so hard. Um, but I just, I've always loved the sound of like a slide guitar, or pedal steel or lap steel. Cigar box guitar actually helped me learn how to play um, better slide guitar because the strings are so far off the neck and you can really just get as aggressive with it as you want. You know, so I kind of honed my chops a lot on the cigar box guitar and then kind of took a more delicate approach to slide playing in general when you're playing, when I'm playing my six strings. Cause I don't, I mean, I, I've, I've toured with dedicated guitars to slide, but I just, I feel like now I'm challenging myself with just doing it on my regular guitar, you know, just do it on the regular. If I can pull off a cool solo on my regular guitar, then I'm, I'm going to feel pretty good about where I'm at with the slide. Yeah. 
Now it seems like you've uh, you've you've got a variety of guitars that you use. Yeah. You know, going from a Jaguar to an SG to one of Mike Delaney's guitars to the cigar box. I mean, that's that's those are really some some uh, you know different instruments there. But it yeah. seems like your main instrument seems to be an SG. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I love my Why? SG. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, okay, we're, we're going to get Dr. Phil in here right now and we're going to figure this out. <laughs> okay. So the story with the SG, um, we had just, oh gosh, where was I? I was in New York when I got it in the mail. I ordered it off a of reverb. I just, I, I was getting ready to make the Chills and Fever album and I was like, I want a new guitar to kind of celebrate this era that I'm, I'm walking into. And I decided to celebrate with an SG, kind of a throwback to, you know, my love for Angus Young and, you know, also my love for Derek Trucks. He's a blues player, kills it on um, SGs. And his sister Rosetta Tharp's got a white SG. And, and so I just wanted this guitar because I, I'd been playing a lot of wood grain colored guitars and I, I wanted to change my color scheme to have something that would match what I know this is so girly, but I wanted to match my cool outfits. And, um, so I got this white SG and I swear to God, I pulled it out of the box and I've always been so particular about my guitars. You can ask Mike Delaney. We've, we've, <laughs> you know, he's, he's gone back and forth with me on my custom builds a lot. And I pulled this guitar out of the box and it just, I tuned it, played it in the show. It was like perfect. It's just something about it. I didn't even have to set it up. It just came like perfect to my hands for some reason. We've, we've been inseparable ever since. Yeah, yeah. They're they're great guitars for sure. I have a hard time with them because they're so light. It's so light. Yeah. I think that might be what I like about it though. I think I like that it's light because I've done, I've played uh, Les Pauls before, but I, I just, you know, I feel like I can move a little more freely with the SG. And also it's it's really versatile. To me, it's kind of similar to the thin line tellies in that way to me, just that I can I can use it on all these different songs. And I, I feel like it's, I can shape the tone in different ways. I've got a lot of options. Yeah. Now does yours, does it have like a slim tapered neck on it or does it have the chunky baseball, you know, kind of um, feel to it? You know, I'd say it's a little, it's slimmer than like the, the Les Pauls that I've yeah. played. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, I get the point of like the heavier guitar with the chunkier neck, but for me, it's just a little com more comfortable. If, you know, I can free up a little bit of my hand <laughs> and like really anchor my thumb and not get a cramp. And, you know, then I can, yeah, everybody's hands are different. I know tone wise, technically having that thicker neck, you know, heavier guitar is probably better for tone, but you know, it's just easier for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now are all your guitars set up so that you can play slide on them at any given time? Or do you have certain guitars that are designated for it? The guitar right behind me is a, my second Delaney. Um, it's the inverted color combination. And I have that one set up for slide, um, but I don't always take it out with me. And so when I don't take it out with me, I just kind of play slide on whichever one I feel that night. A lot of times it's the other Delaney. I have this um, 339 style Delaney. It's called a 512, but it's a big hollow body. And I, I often will play slide on that a lot. I like something that sounds a little bit thicker for slide. Cause you know, if I'm playing slide on my Telecaster, my SG, a lot of times I worry that it's, if I don't have the, the settings just right, it's going to be kind of nasally and like, mm, you know, a little too bright. Um, so the, 
you know, something with like a cutaway helps. It just kind of thickens it up and makes it sound super nice. Right. So now uh, I know you got some dates coming up in Florida and then you guys are going to be on the East Coast. You're touring with uh, Tab, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. So is this your first time touring with him? No, no, we've okay. done a lot of, we so. have the same management. So, so we, yeah. we've gone down this road before. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's going to be really cool. It looked like your date, your calendar for April was pretty full. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know it's weird. Um, I'm kind of getting used to going out on these little five day runs and then coming home and then four days. So this is the first one, um, that, you know, I'm, it, I'm going to be out for a while. So I'm excited. It's nice to be back at it. We've got, we've got some really strict protocols in place for how we can do everything safely and socially distant. And, you know, that's been, it's been interesting to, to go and, and try and, and change our ways basically. But, it, you know, we're keeping everybody safe and still having a good time. It's nice to be able to do this. Yeah. It, it's, it's a little strange. The first, the first couple of times that you play in front of, you know, let's say a theater and there's, it holds 800 people and there's 100 people there. That's that's a little strange in the beginning, but it's even yeah. stranger doing the the live stream stuff. The, okay, yeah. playing to a smaller crowd in a big room is less strange than playing to a laptop with people watching. Yeah. So you know, I'm gradual steps to getting back to normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's we're trying to recreate the atmosphere and make it fun for everybody. Um, and, and I think I think I think we're accomplishing that goal. Like I, I feel like the last couple tours have been really fun, and it's been nice to to get to share live music with people again. Um, you know, it, it is it is strange though. Like in in these giant halls, and we've got everybody yeah. sectioned off. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I played an eight hundred seat theater in October. Was my last show. Oh really? And, yeah, and they could only have fifty people according mm -hmm. to the regulations in the state of Illinois. And it was so weird because it's three tiered to see 50 people spread out over three tiers in this theater. It yeah, really, it was it is, we played the Ryman and I was, it's like my first time getting to go to the Ryman. We had it so, it was, it, it was like super sparse, but then we were also live streaming it. We had, I think more people watching from home than we actually had in the theater just due to the restrictions. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's weird, but it's still nice. I mean, yeah. you yeah, still better, get that interaction. Better. People are still wanting to interact with you. Yeah, it's better than not playing, right? <laughs> it, it's it's better than working at Walmart. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it might be fun, but uh, no, I I miss playing. I I miss playing, and I'm I'm glad that we can go out and support the industry too. I mean, this isn't just about us getting out to play. It's about being able to help these venues survive, and it's about yeah. you know helping the booking agents survive and the managers survive and you know the crew people survive like we all we all gotta help save this industry because you know if, if we don't if we don't try and do this in a safe way we're gonna lose all these venues we're gonna yeah. lose all the crew people we're gonna lose all the musicians to other industries just because people won't be able to do it anymore yeah. um so you know we gotta try and and make it work and evolve and do this safely so that, cause that's the first primary concern is everybody's safety, but you know, we gotta do, we gotta, we gotta do something. Yeah. So when's the next album coming out? Oh, well, I, last, one, last one was in 19, correct? Yeah. It was killer be kind. I, I know we're talking about a fall release for this year. 
I I'm always like nervous to to give a definitive exact date because things change so quickly. But the last we've talked about it, we're pretty solid on a fall release, expecting September-ish. Yeah. Well, hopefully that'll be around the time where more things are open and you'll really be able to get out there and promote it. Yeah, it's all about timing. I mean, I was talking to somebody today and I felt kind of bad because they were asking so many questions about the last record, Kill It Be Kind. And, and I was like, why are you asking about that old record for? And then I realized I only <laughs> played it for like, we only toured on it for like six months, you know, before everything yeah. shut down. And and I just kind of moved on. <laughs> like I started doing something new and people were like, what about that? And I'm like, what do you want to know about that for? Yeah, um, well, you're, you're just trying to stay relevant, trying to stay in front of people and, you know. Absolutely. But it's also, you know, there's, there's staying relevant. It's a very competitive field, but you know, you've got to, you've got to continue like expressing that creative thing you know you gotta you gotta work that muscle or it's, it's gonna be harder to come back and, and do it you know four years down the line I, I i just wanted to keep writing writing to me is one of those things i have to keep up with or it's so hard to start again yeah yeah well i can imagine with the schedule that you have that it's got to be difficult you could just do like you know like me and a lot of other people just play somebody else's music and <laughs> I love playing other people's music. I love covering. We we just did um, uh, we were doing Neil Young's "Don't Let It Bring You Down," and that oh, was yeah. that was so fun. I mean, I love covering other people's stuff. I um, I sometimes it's nice to do covers of people have never like heard before, and you can make them your own. I mean, a lot of my sets covers, like with the Chills and Fever record, it was all covers. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. Well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate you taking some time. The reason we talk so much about guitar is because about 75% of my audience are guitar players. Well, I so, saw the guitars you got back there and I tried to match. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel wimpy compared to you. You got a lot going on back there. Uh, well, I, I've got around, I think around 73. I'm trying to thin the herd. I got a couple up for sale, so I'm trying to thin the herd. I, yeah. I thought I had a problem, dude. That's awesome. That's oh, incredible. No. I, I've got a few hanging on the walls around here, too. Yeah, that's cool. Well, the ones that you got from Mike look really nice. I know Mike. I've known Mike a long time. He's and an incredible I, builder. I know he's... he makes nice stuff. I've been trying to get one for a long time, but he doesn't like me that much. Oh. <laughs> so well, maybe, maybe call you him up. Word. I'm going to call him up. He needs to make you something. There you go. Right now. <laughs> well, the most Samantha... expensive exotic wood you can. That's right. For free. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate your time i really do and i wish you all the best and when the new cd comes out you know hopefully you can come back on and we can promote it thank you yeah i would love that it was really nice getting to talk guitars with you today thanks for having me yeah good luck on your uh your tour there with that okay thank you thank you uh, take care all right see you later Bye. Bye. all right there you go that's samantha fish <laughs> you know, it's it's cool. I love talking guitar with all kinds of people in that. And it's always interesting to find out where people are, where their passions lie, and, um, you know, what they like and what they d dislike and what they focus on and why they focus on that. And it's just really cool, you know, when you like to just, you know, pick their brain a little bit and find out, you know, why they are the way they are. I mean, she's a really great player, super nice person. Make sure you go see her when she's on tour this year. When that new album comes out, we'll let you know. And, you know, you make sure you rush down and buy it. 
because uh, we got to support these guys, man. We got to get out there and watch their shows and buy their music. I want to thank Samantha so much for uh, coming on Guitar Talk. Of course, you're going to be able to catch the archive of this if you missed it or you want to go back and listen to it again at guitartalkofficial.com. Next week, we continue the pattern of focusing on female guitarists. Uh, We've got one that I think is flat-out amazing uh, next week, and that's Gretchen Men. Now, Gretchen is most known for her participation as a guitarist in the Led Zeppelin tribute band, Zepparella. It's an all-female group. They're absolutely flat-out amazing. They they do Zeppelin to a T. I love it. I really do. But she's got some solo projects out, and her her guitar playing and her writing is next level by far. I mean, you know, she's she's probably one of the best female guitarists that there is flat out, you know. So uh, she's going to be joining us next week in that. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been an amazing uh, afternoon with uh, Samantha and that. And I will see you right back here next Wednesday with Gretchen Men. Uh, y'all take care. All right. Stay safe.